Hello. Hey, friends. How are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, how are you going to respond? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've done that before. But my name is Tania. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to another wonderful episode of You I Do, the podcast that says, you know what? You deserve this wedding. Don't let nobody try to talk you down. This is yours. Because you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. Hey, you deserve it. I mean, I just made that up. Oh, okay. (laughs) Or it could be a future song. I don't know. Whatever. We just finished a really, really full conversation with three amazing individuals. One uh, is new to the show, two you're familiar with, but we talked about wedding imposter syndrome and like bride imposter syndrome, because did you know that was like a thing, Tania? Oh, I mean, yeah, because I have imposter syndrome right now. Really? As you're planning? Mm Mm-hmm. Just because my my vision is all over the place. And so I'm just like, okay, does my vision fit in this venue? Will my vision even work? Um, And so I'm like, well, maybe I should just go with the cookie cutter. And so it's like, because this has already been done and it's beautiful and everyone likes it. So I might as well just go with this. But then I'm like, no, I'm just stick with what I want. Yeah. So, I mean, I really feel like Mm -hmm. there is some imposter syndrome. Um in there and I'm trying to tune everything and everyone out but it's kind of hard it's hard that's real it's real sometimes yeah social media doesn't help sometimes vendors don't help when you know you have a certain vision in mind especially when it's something maybe you haven't seen before you know that could be hard or just expectations for what you want for your wedding sometimes things change things evolve i've told you like i'm in my i feel like third or fourth iteration of wanting another dress <laughs> like that uh, and you know that ties back to some level of imposter syndrome and some level of i gained weight and some level of i keep seeing this dress everywhere and i'm sick of it so yeah Um, So there are plenty of ways imposter syndrome can manifest within couples and brides and grooms throughout their wedding process. Um, And we talk about that. So, you know, whether you think you don't deserve your wedding because you want to spend a certain amount and people are talking about it, or maybe you just feel like in the middle of COVID, how dare you be happy or talk about planning when people are dying and losing jobs and things like that. There's always something going to happen. So like, you know, we hope that this conversation kind of lets you realize that you're not alone and that, you know what, I deserve to have all the good things that are coming to me. So enjoy. All the good things, the good things. Here she go, doing another song. (laughs) Yes, enjoy. Hey, Hugh Boos, this is your girl, Tania. If you did not already know, I recently got engaged 4321. That's April 3rd, 2021. Your girl's engaged. (laughs) I am in the beginning stages of wedding planning, and to be honest, it has been overwhelming. Yes, being a co-host on Hugh I Do has helped a bit, 
but I did not know where to start. I did not know what questions to ask my vendors and how to navigate this entire process because it is a process. I was leaning on Ashley a little bit too much and I'm pretty sure she was possibly getting annoyed with me, but you know, she loves me. So I was excited when our good friends over at the Big Wedding Planning Podcast reached out and said, hey, we have a wedding planning digital course and it's everything that you need to plan your own wedding as a wedding planner would do it. As you know, Christy and Michelle are both wedding planners. And when I tell you they have literally walked me through every single process of planning and it's been absolutely amazing. So they have given us a deal for our listeners, $50 off the total price of the course with our promo code you I do. So head on over to the big wedding planning masterclass.com. Again, that is the big wedding planning masterclass.com and type in you I do at checkout for $50 off. I promise you will not be disappointed. Well, we have three very special guests with us on the show today. I would like our newest guest to go first and then uh, y'all can fight however y'all want to. <laughs> go with the other two but uh please introduce yourself hi everyone um i'm ebony foreman i'm a wife and a mom two boys and i am the operation manager at carrie's bridal um we have a store in chamley which actually got her dress there and we also have a store in macon and i am also our still currently a master stylist unbridled um, stylist and I have been for about six-ish years now so that's it that's me yeah we're so happy for you to be I'm here. very excited yeah. you know I love you girls so I'm excited to come on and we love you too and honestly it's kind of overdue for you to even be on here but you know we're making up for to, now y'all just had to make the space for me and now the space is here so I'm ready let's get into it perfect <laughs> perfect all right uh, which one of you wants to go next? Hi, again, I am Carrie Ann Cloda. I'm so excited to be back on your podcast. Um, I am, I'll go like how Ebony did. So I am also a wife and a new mom. I have a three month old baby and, um, I'm a wedding coach, which is like a wedding planner, except that I teach people how to plan their own wedding and I hold emotional space for them, for them while they um, figure out their values as a couple and the boundaries with the people around them so that the wedding planning journey isn't as stressful as it might be. Perfect. We're glad to have you back. All right. Well, great. I guess that leaves me. Just uh, just, just <laughs> me, huh? <laughs> well, hey, listen, uh, I'm Torin. Great to be back on your podcast. Uh, as you know, like I always tell you, ladies, Definitely appreciate you. Definitely appreciate everything you are doing in the industry. Really, just really amazing. So thanks for having me back on. If you don't know me, yeah, I'm Torn with Exquisite Sounds Entertainment based right here in Atlanta, Georgia. DJ Lighting Photo Booth Enhancements Company. And we are here to uh, make whatever you're planning absolutely amazing from a music and entertainment perspective. I like to talk. I like to crack a lot of jokes. I am the father of three kids, two of which live with me and one of which have just graduated from college. So um, yeah, that's it. That's my life. And uh, I'm here for all the jokes and all of the uh the knowledge and everything that we, we can get and i believe that i met um ebony didn't we just meet at uh we did Villa Christina? yeah Villa we Christina did, did. Yeah, we exactly. sure did okay. you all met right. me and candace okay. who has been on the show a few times multiple times so yes we did just I meet gotcha gotcha all right well hey listen glad to be here everybody just, i know uh, what a coincidence conversation 
I know, right? <laughs> We're glad to have all of y'all here. We're going to talk about imposter wedding syndrome, wedding imposter syndrome, bridal imposter syndrome, all of those things, because it's a thing that pops up and some people feel that way as they're going through the motions of planning their wedding and their engagement period and all of that. So we're going to get into that in a second. But first, we're going to play a game. So usually at this moment, we'll play this or that, which, you know, is like, oh, you pick between this one or that one. But because we said we were going to switch it up a little bit in season three or year two or however you want to shape it, um, we're going to play a game called Over and Under. So I'm going to give a statement and I want all three of you to, or all three, all four of you, I'm sorry, Tania, my bad. I want all of you to tell me is the real number higher or lower or basically over or under the amount I'm going to state. So there's no prize at the end. Is this an American? Sorry. Is this an American dollars? I'm guessing. Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to have to translate it in my head. All right. (laughs) I did not think about that. Yes. Um, We will start out with Ebony, then Carrie Ann, then Torin, then Tania. And then I'll tell you at the end of each round, if you got it right or not. Um, so to start in 2020, the average engagement ring cost $6,399. Ooh. <laughs> um, and I'm supposed to guess if that's over or under the right yes. number. Okay. Yes. $6,000. I'm going to say, um, under. Okay. Okay. Hold that. Carrie Ann, what do you think? <laughs> okay. So what we're saying, but how we're doing it is if I say over, I mean, it costs more than that, right? Yeah. So, so over, but I think that maybe was what Ebony meant, but correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'm very cheap. I I meant under. (laughs) I'm cheap. I meant under. Okay. It shouldn't be that expensive, but I mean. All right. Torn. So you think it's over or under? I'm going to go under. Okay. Chania, what about you? I'm also going to say under. This is the average, correct? This is, yeah. So the statement is in 2020, the average engagement ring was $6,399. So yeah, is, is it over, meaning higher than that amount, or is mm-hmm. it under, lower than that amount? Yeah, definitely under. Okay. Anybody want to change? Yeah, I really just realized it's American dollars. That's like eight thousand dollars Canadian. I want to change. Okay. Let's say under. Okay. So the actual amount was three thousand seven hundred and fifty six dollars. Very interesting. I am shocked. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be higher than that. Well, apparently in twenty nineteen it was. It was almost double that in twenty nineteen. And I'm thinking maybe because of COVID and people. We were in a panini press. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love you, baby. Just take what I got. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm good for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll upgrade you once we come out of this Pacific Ocean, please. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, were people in the wedding industry paying for this? Because we didn't make any money last year. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why the amount is like 3000 Because I guess in they said in 2019, it was like 7000 something. And I was like, oh, okay. that That is a significant decline. So there you have it. All right. So round two. The average wedding hosts 134 guests. Is this currently or just in um, in in general? The average wedding has death. 134 guests? Yes. So is that number too high or too low? Um, I, I think that's too low. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm going over. Torn? I would, uh, yeah, yeah I, I would say under as well. Well, actually, you know what? No, no, no. I I, I changed that. I, I'm going to go over. Okay. Tania? And I'm also going to say over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Curious for the two of you, where do you think, what number do you think it is? Or where are we closer to? I think, I think it's under, uh, I think it's under a hundred. If we're, if we're talking about current, if, if we factored in the last, you know, year and a half, you know what I mean? I think, I think it's probably under a hundred people. Okay. So it's going to throw the numbers off. Oh, I think it's okay. higher. I think it's more like 160. I think we're not taking into account like the, I do a lot of, uh, well, you used to, <laughs> 350 person weddings, you know? Okay. Chania, mm-hmm. what, where do you think? I mean, Ebony I think, too. Like, where do y'all think the number? I mean, I think it's more like 150 plus. So Dang. maybe like two, 200 is like a sweet spot, but definitely over um 134 134. yeah i think 150 to 175 is this is this is the sweet spot for like a thing are a small intimate wedding yeah (laughs) mere 200 people (laughs) exactly our closest 200 Um, (laughs) well according to the not um the number is 131 yeah i was i was surprised i was definitely surprised Especially, I feel like being in Georgia colors everything so wrong. Where, you know, other places, they're having like cute 80 people weddings and, you know, 60 people weddings before the Panini Press. And now it's like, now <laughs> you look around and nothing changed. <laughs> we were always having, 130 might be the smaller wedding, like in Georgia. But yeah, Georgia has a lot of outdoor general. opportunities. So I think, you know... Southern, not even Georgia, but just in the South, we have a lot of outdoor opportunities. So I think our brides feel more safe to kind of go big because they can do it outside where apparently COVID doesn't live. But um, yeah. <laughs> that's where this, it's free and safe. <laughs> but if Carrie Ann's in Canada, right? And you're saying 350 people? Well, Jewish weddings tend to be a little right. bigger. Like even I had 140 guests at my big Jewish wedding and it was that was considered small. Like, yeah, 140 of our closest friends and family. Gotcha. <laughs> That's tight. That was tight to get it down to 140. Yeah. Okay. So we're all on the same page. We did not see that number coming. Um, all right. Two more rounds of this. So in 2020, brides paid an average of $1,812 on their dress and alterations. Is that number too high or too low? This question gives me a lot of pressure because I feel like I should get it right. Um, right. I feel like that is, wait, what is the year last year, 2020? I feel like that's too high. 
for last year. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to argue with Ebony. This is her, <laughs> this well, is her area listen. of expertise. Um, is it though? But- <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm curious if I, I'm just curious about the answer. I'm going to say under, but I'm curious if because um, in 2020, people weren't able to have the lavish wedding of their dreams. Maybe they went big on something like the dress. I think that sounds insanely high, um, but but I've never altered a dress, so I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> But that just seems like a lot of money when, you know. I don't know. That just seems like a lot of money. So I, I thought that would be more in line with a couple hundred dollars for to buy the dress and to have it altered. No, to to have it altered. I, I mean, the dress I would you know a couple thousand, but I would think the alterations is only a couple hundred dollars. Maybe like you know maybe like three or four hundred dollars. I don't know. I mean, I remember you know when my Sorry, wife got married. Yes, it was about, um, it was, yeah. I think in a combination of those two numbers, I would say eighteen hundred dollars is kind of on point. But I'm just taking the factor of last year where more brides did smaller micro weddings, elopements, and kind of bought their dress from like Dillard's um, and not really a bridal store, not a lot of them. But also mm-hmm. to Carrie Ann's point, we have been exponentially busy. So I think a lot of brides may have invested a lot of their money into their dress because they know that they, they feel like they would get another chance to wear it again. So I don't even know the answer. I don't know what I just said, but apparently I just talked myself out of my answer. <laughs> All right, Tania, what do you think? So that number is definitely over um, because as Ebony was saying, I feel like a lot of people bought their dresses, you know, at a Dillard's or a Macy's or even ASOS or heck, Boohoo, right? Boohoo, yeah. So, um, yeah, I really feel like people uh, resorted to, you know, those stores than the bridal stores. So I think that number would definitely be under. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all were right. The number was actually sixteen hundred thirty-one, so thousand six hundred thirty-one dollars, according to brides. Good job. All right. So final round. This is about the wedding guests. So, how much money are we thinking wedding guests are spending to attend the wedding? So, this article is saying. 628. Do you think that number is too high or too low to attend someone's wedding? Not I'm in it. I'm simply not in going. It. Yes, you are a guest. You are sitting. I mean, you got to get, you got, you got to get, you got to get fly, Anthony. <laughs> I thought the number was going to be zero. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's taking into account travel, <laughs> taking into okay. account possibly travel, hotel, clothes you might have to buy and a gift and maybe even the gift, a gift you know, yes the gift, I, yeah. I mean I, I love my friends and family six hundred dollars is a excessive gift under like that's too high i, I mean unless it, the wedding is in like jamaica um <laughs> uh, i think just the average like traveling within the realm of where you live i think that's too high okay carrie I'm going to go against the grain on this one and say, I think people sometimes spend more than that on weddings. So I'm just going to, I'm going over. I think, and Ebony, you nailed it. So they could be traveling to Jamaica. They could be, um, there's the gift, there's the outfit, there's the hair and the makeup. I have a whole, um, I wrote a medium post about this. Like when the wedding guests think it's all about them. uh, I feel like 
Torin, you've probably experienced this too, uh, with the guests thinking that it's their event and bossing you around and telling you what to do. So, well, one of the reasons they do that is because they spend so much money on it. It feels like it's their day a little bit too. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think, Torin? No, I think, I think Carrie, Carrie actually brought a good point up. I mean, I, so I think it's more actually. Um, because I think that you, I think that, I think that you're not accounting for that. More people probably travel to a wedding than what you're, what you're really kind of thinking, right? Uh, you know, folks come from out of town, you know, you guys just think about us. We stay in a hotel Friday night for a rehearsal, Saturday night after the wedding, that's $500 in Atlanta right there, you know, and we still have to eat transportation and I still have to get a new suit. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to go over. Okay. Tania, what about you? Um, you all make some really good points, but I'm going to say under. You need $1,500 minimum to come to Tania's <laughs> wedding. Minimum. What? Torin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like... I'm curious. Just what number do you think, though? Where, where do you think it is, Tania? Like, um, if it's not 628, where do you think it is? I mean, maybe 500, maybe 400, maybe less than that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'll be attending a wedding in the next couple of weeks, and I'm not spending that much money. Is it a local wedding? Yeah, it is a local wedding. If we're talking about last year, right? Uh, No, in general. Oh, just in general. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, well, in general, people are traveling. Well, people are traveling now, but. How much did you spend when you went to the wedding in Texas a few years ago? Oh, I spent a little bit more than that. Yeah, you're right. Over. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just a hotel and uh, food and flight, rental car, drink. Yeah. If you drink, if you drink. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Y'all were right. It was actually $776, so almost $800 just to attend somebody else's wedding. (sighs) And that's not even being in the wedding. That That only makes sense to me if I am going outside of the realm of where I live. Like, if if this is a local wedding and I'm spending $800, is it the president's wedding? Like, what's happening? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But, you know, but, but I think, though, I think I've never, ever heard that number. Honestly, and I've, and I've, and I honestly, I've never really even thought about it. I mean, I've thought about it in a context of like, hey, people are coming to your wedding to, you know, celebrate with you or whatever, but I've never Mm -hmm. actually put it to a monetary like figure. But if you do, even if it's local, right? Like, I mean, you're still, I mean, even locally, I mean, between the gift, traffic, Uber, dinner, after wedding snack, you know what I mean? Got to get your hair done that sort of deal, right? You're still probably, you're still probably two or $300. Yeah. See, see, I would go with that you know? number. I would definitely go with that well, number. But that's, that's that, local. but that's local. That's local. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to jump on a plane. You might as well add a thousand dollars to that because you got to get a rental two pl- you know, two tickets, a hotel for two nights. Um, you know, and you know, y'all ain't saying nowhere shabby. Come on now. <laughs> so this was I mean, based off <laughs> <laughs> this was based off uh the Knot had a, s- a survey back in twenty eighteen and they said that the accommodations were two hundred and thirty four dollars and the travel was about three hundred and nine or three hundred and three dollars. Yeah. And so I don't know where they're flying to, what type of cheap flight they were able to find. 
Right, right. <laughs> they were flying the plane themselves. Um, the gift was about $88. The accessories were about 53 and the outfit cost 98 So that meant probably you took something you already had, you might have bought something, you did your own hair, or you did your hair, you got your hair done before, and they didn't factor that cost in. Um, and yeah, so that's how we got to 776 now, they did say if you are in the wedding party, chances are you spent 851 which, no, I think it's way more than that. But, <laughs> you know. Being so. in someone's wedding, I can absolutely see that number, if not almost double. Like, I've definitely been in a wedding where I spent just as much as I spent to myself at my own wedding. So, yeah, yeah. Not to mention that bachelor bachelorette party. That'll run you a couple of G's. I was just going to say, I went to a bachelorette party in Napa Valley a couple of years ago. I mean, I think I spent more. And then the, the wedding wasn't in Montreal. So I spent more on that wedding than I did on my own. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank y'all for playing our fun new game of Over and Under. Uh, coming soon to other episodes, if you I do. Um, <laughs> but now we're going to talk about imposter wedding syndrome which you know there are reddit threads and facebook conversations and just so many combos just out there about this topic um because i guess people feel like wow do i really deserve all this you know should i really be planning this wedding should i really be doing this and you have so many factors that, you know, sometimes put that little cloud, that dark cloud over your head and make you feel as if, you know, the wedding you want or the plans you have are either too much or too extravagant or, you know, especially in the pandemic. So we're going to talk about imposter wedding syndrome. Um, so Tania. All right. All right. Can each of you define what imposter syndrome means in the wedding industry that's a it's a lot of it's a lot <laughs> I, I mean i see um you know part of being the touch point of apparel um you kind of get the very beginnings of the the planning process i mean usually a person may have a planner but sometimes we're the first stop um so you get a lot of brides and grooms who have doubts and like you were saying don't feel like they're worthy or may feel like because of things that have happened in the last year and a half that they shouldn't go as extravagant as they once felt so i think they feel the pressure to either a not really get the wedding that they would want even if they still can afford it or b they go the opposite and they think because we've been you know on lockdown for a year and a half i gotta go big this is the first event that everybody's going to get to come to, you know, I'm dragging my granny out. Like we got to go big, even if they're like, actually, I probably wouldn't have had this type of wedding if we didn't have, I, I would have just gotten like eloped. But now I feel the pressure from my mom, my friends, my family, everybody like, well, your wedding is the event of the century. And so kind of feel like they have to live up to um, making sure that everybody has a good time at, the event that's supposed to be celebrating just two people. Yeah, I have to echo what uh, Ebony said. I think that this imposter syndrome is really rooted in fear. Um, 
And I think fear of judgment is a huge one, you know, especially because uh, couples often get married at the same times, you know, time in their life is a lot of their friends are getting married. So there's a lot of this comparison happening. Um, And then there's just, I think, a level of discomfort with the scale of the event for some people. And then for others, it's just being the center of attention they're not used to. So that can really be unsettling. Yeah, I would have, I would have to uh, just say, I mean, I, I, I think on the entertainment side, at least I can only speak for us, I don't feel like we see that, like, like I see it in conversation. We don't see it when it comes to, like, say, our service, right? Uh, but we see it in conversation kind of to, you know, Ebony, Ebony, your point about like, hey, you know, this is the, you know, this is, this is the wedding of the century now, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? You know, but then carry in, you know, I also see your point of like, it, it, it's really just, it's really just fear, you know, fear of like, you know, who's going to judge me because, you know, I'm spending, you know, 75, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000, you know, whatever. I mean, just, you know, and I think that number is relative to your audience, right? Like, I mean, so you could be spending 20,000 into your audience they could be like, yo, that's a lot of money. But I mean, to somebody else, that's a drop in the hat, you know, uh, or you could be spending the 200,000 and we all know that's a significant amount of money to spend on a wedding, you know, but again, if you have it, you know, I can't say, you know, it's, you know, taken away from you, but um, it, it's just all fear, you know, it, it's really just all fear, I think, you know, and um, yeah, I, I think it's fear and it's, it's, it's um, I like to call haterism from, from some other people that you might know. Uh, that you just you always got some haters in your in your in your audience, so you just have to be careful of them. I also think the internet, as beautiful as it is, a place uh, Beyonce's internet is terrible. So I think like a lot of times we get not we as in me, but like brides and grooms and just everybody gets really like a pressure type of situation when they're like getting engaged, like. I've seen brides with these like elaborate engagement pictures and they deserve like it. You got to set up. You deserve it's not you shouldn't feel bad about it, because I think a lot of times people make you feel bad that you're having these uh, grand uh, uh, engagement pictures and then you're going to Napa Valley for your bridal shower and then you're having the wedding at a castle and people see this stuff and they're like, who do they think they are? And so, you know, it's two things like they either that couple feels the pressure to like perform, if you will, or that couple feels guilty that they are doing this type of wedding because they have planned it out. They can, you know, afford it or maybe they can. You never know who people know. And like maybe they got the hookup on all this stuff. <laughs> they just happen to be lucky. But, you know, I think the Internet, um, as great as a resource it is. For brides and grooms, I think sometimes it feels like a pressure cooker of what my wedding should look like or feel like or be uh, caught. Like I should have this type of, I should have torn. I need to have this. I need to have photos by Reem. I need to have like all these like things to make my wedding just as good as Ashley's wedding or just as good as Ebony's wedding or something like that. Or I'm not going to be like valued as a, as a bride or groom, like if I don't do these things. So the internet really does play a part of people feeling like they have to put on. Um, because do you, do you, yeah. Do you think that's more the, uh, you think that's more though, like, a, like a younger generation that kind of feels like that though. Like, I feel like whenever I have that conversation, my bride is like under 32. Um, I think it, 
probably is majorly in 35 and under or 25 to 35. Mm-hmm. Or I know this probably younger than 25, but under 35. But I'll be honest, the aunties be trying to stunt too. So especially <laughs> like, if they probably haven't been married before. Like if, if they're one of the last ones. I'm 62 exactly. years old and I'm on Facebook and you know, I didn't finally <laughs> met my deacon and Not Facebook. You're so right. You're so right. Because they're in the Facebook about, group too. Younger may be the majority, but it's definitely not. Don't think like older brides and grooms are like, oh, no, we're going to be modest about our wedding. No, maybe just it's like feeling the pressure from their community because the Internet is based off your community. So Mm -hmm. if you're on the Internet, you know, you're going to build your community based on the people that you know and who they know. So everybody is probably going to be around the same age as, as you. Um, so I think they feel the pressure sometimes as well, no matter what their age is. I don't think it's just a younger or whatever. It was a Gen Z, Gen Z type of, um, pressure. I think everybody feels it because the internet is a place for everybody. So, you know, it's, it's tricky sometimes when you're planning your wedding, cause that's where you get your inspiration from. But it's also like, this is what I also get my anxiety from. <laughs> so it's hard. I think everybody has imposter syndrome as soon as they look around the room, you know, like, uh, I, I used to be a yoga teacher and I would, I would bring this up a lot, be like, don't look around the room at everybody else. Cause you don't know what's going on in their life. Like just because they have like a beautiful yoga practice, they're holding a pose that you wish you could get that, that tells you nothing about them. And it doesn't matter. This is your practice and your journey, but no matter where you are, whether you're in a yoga studio or planning a wedding or you're, you know, a wedding planner, I look at other wedding planners and coaches and I'm like, oh, is, are they doing something that I should be doing? Um, you know, we, we have this like as human beings, like just a bad habit of looking around the room and comparing ourselves to other people. So we all feel imposter syndrome at some point. So I think it's totally normal. Um, and it's just something that we should be cautious of, especially, you know, in our industry with our clients. And like, if you're, you know, listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking of getting married or are engaged, be aware of it and try to nip that in the bud and don't do it. Don't look around the room. Stay off Pinterest. That's very true because you can see some of the, some of the like more glamorous and try not to say luxury based on our previous episode, but you know, we'll see these like very kind of like, in Atlanta, Biltmore ballrooms are like, you know, there are certain venues here where it's big and fancy and like, you know, even somewhat gaudy, but gaudy in the way that, you know, some people kind of connect to um, high end and, you know, glamour and all of that. And you just think that like, maybe you have to do that because you saw someone do this. Like, I remember was I listening to a podcast or watching a show? But this girl was basically like, she saw someone have, say, a six-tier wedding cake suspended in the air. Um, And so she thought to herself, she needed to have like an eight-tier wedding cake just because she saw someone else did, someone she doesn't even know did a six-tier. She just had to have eight tiers. So she did that. And I'm like, you're competing with someone who doesn't even know. And now you got all this cake left over. All this cake. (laughs) (laughs) For 
napping. <laughs> just going to waste. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so anyway, going back to kind of like uh, couples feeling as if they don't deserve this wedding. I know we kind of spoke to this a little bit, but what are some other reasons why couples feel like maybe I don't deserve to have this wedding, even if it's not even like grand, you know? Situations for everybody, not everybody, situations for many people have changed. And, you know, um, brides always, the word traditional is like one of those words I put on my board of like, if this could be out of the dictionary, I would be okay with it because it's like overused in my store. But um, I think when people think about tradition of like, maybe my parents are paying for my wedding or whatever the case, or even if we're saving up, I think um, a lot of brides and grooms maybe not don't feel like they deserve the wedding that they've initially planned, but they don't want to put the burden on whoever the financier of a lot of their wedding situation was, whether it's like, well, my mom was going to buy my dress, but now I just need to buy my dress. And so, you know, I just want a little simple situation, nothing too fancy. You know, this is just a, this is just a little COVID wedding. And, you know, this is my ninth time getting married. Like they just have all these like, uh, 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 where I was just like, okay, well you're getting married. So it, it like, that's what you should focus on. But I think a lot of times with the situation changing, whether it be finances or just pressure of not being like your picture being online, somebody like this is a super spreader event. Some, a bride told me that like she posted her picture online and somebody posted, this is a super spreader event. And um, I'm laughing now, but I was just like the audacity, like granted it may have been, but it's, it's like, you know, that type of, that type of comment is why other people would have, who may a potential bride may have seen her picture and been like, Ooh, you know, maybe my 150 people now needs to be just 15. Cause I don't want people to think that I'm out here trying to like super spread or whatever the case. But I, I think a lot of it is just situations have changed for us. And so people are a little more cognizant and aware of like how they would have done this before you know, a year and a half ago. Um, and it, and it makes them feel like they have to do it in a certain way where everybody feels respected instead of just doing it in a way that me and my fiance feel happy. I think you have a good point there. I think the other thing too, I think, um, and, and I'll just say this, I'm not going to say I, I've, I've heard somebody say this, but I mean, obviously through our kind of getting to know some of our couples, like we'll, you know, we'll follow them on social. Right. And obviously we do a lot of weddings here in Georgia so we find that a lot of couples travel in the same circle, right? Like they either, they all went to UGA or they went to Georgia Tech or, you know, they're from Southwest Atlanta or, you know, or they went to, you know, they went to Morehouse and Spelman, you know, something like that. And I think, I think a big part of what I see is that a lot of these people are, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of influenced by what everybody else says around them, you know? So they're trying to, not necessarily like outdo, you know, sometimes they're trying to outdo each other, but also the, kind, of, kind of to you all's point, they're responding to the, you know, uh, the criticism that everybody around them has to say, like, for instance, like right now, the big wave is how you should be saving money and investing and flipping properties and buying stocks and all these sorts of things, right? Which are great points, right? However, after you get married, those same properties and that same stock is going to be there. Like, 
It may not be at the price point you want to get in at, right? You know, however, those opportunities are going to be there. This is your, we're assuming your once in a lifetime opportunity to do and have the event that you want to have. So have it, right? You know, but again, a lot of us fall victim to, oh, you shouldn't be doing that because this is what you should be doing with your money. If your parents are going to give you 50000 you should put it in the house and start a business. That's, that's your call. It's your day. You don't know if the housing market's going to crash. You don't know if everybody's going to have to get a job. But what you do know is you want to get married. So you should do what works for you. Um, but that, that's just my thought, man. That's just my thought. Yeah, I agree with you. But I also think that, yes, that house will still be there after, but you can't necessarily have both. So you do have to choose. You can't have a $100,000 wedding and put a $100,000 down payment on a house if you only have $100,000. You're going to have to make a choice. I agree. However, if you have $100,000, like let's just say, you know, I got two daughters, right? So (laughs) God forbid, or God willing, I guess I should say, I'm in a position to help them pay for school and have a certain amount of money set aside for when they get married, right? At the same time, I am of the mindset of like, hey, I also want to be able to help you buy your first house or start your first business. So let's just say I got 50,000 set aside. So you could take 25 for a wedding. You could take 25 for whatever you want to do with it. So I think you can have both, but you don't have to have a hundred thousand dollar wedding. Like, I mean, you, you could have a really, you can have a really nice wedding for $50,000. Like I do a lot of them. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you know, I do too, I do but, Sorry, I think this is exactly that 50,000 too is like right in where the imposter syndrome comes in, where they're going, mm-hmm. I, I'm first of all, $50,000 is still a ton of money, but I can't have the wedding that I saw on Pinterest. And, you know, now all these people are coming and um, my parents are paying for it and I'm not paying for it. So, and they want to invite these extra people and they have all these deal breakers that they want for the party. And it sort of starts to get like snowball and then they start to feel like who is this party even for right and then that's another place where the imposter syndrome sneaks in like all of these opinions are coming at me and now it doesn't even feel like it's my wedding anymore um and so i yeah i think this the imposter syndrome and the not deserving it, uh, it can be rooted in um you know not paying for it yourself in a way um, and thinking like, who am I to ask, you know, my parents to invest this much, uh, or my fiance to pay if, you know, if they make more than me and they're investing more in it or, and, and then just, yeah, that who am I, who am I to deserve it? I think that we all experience a little bit of that. Like, who am I to be doing this? It's some, something you kind of have to get over though. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, your, your point is valid. I mean, and I think if I were the guy or the parent in that situation, I mean, it's just, for me, it's just about like, you know, if, if this is good, this is your one day. We're not assuming that this is going to be a second or third time doing this. You know, now life happens. I get that. OK, but I'm assuming we're going to this one shot. We're going to get this right the first time, you know, and, and I want you to be happy, you know, so um you know, I, I think that's every family's dynamic of how they make their kids happy. But mine is to, to make you happy. Uh, you know, so we just have to figure out how we chop this up to, 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 to take care of that, you know. But um, again, I think you can do both. I think you can I think you can have a really nice wedding for 50000 60000 and there's still $40,000 left over to down payment on the home and buy you that flat screen to get you started in that new home. 
Right, Ebony? I'm agreeing with my mute off, apparently. I know that there's, it's possible. I think, you know, speaking to the demographic we were talking about earlier, the 35 and under, those, those, those people are smart, okay? I've, I've been learning not to say boys and girls because I am trying to be inclusive, but those people are smart. Um, I talked to my brides and they amaze me of the resources that they find to have the wedding of their dreams. So I feel like, you know, if you have whatever certain amount of money from wherever it is, whether you saved it, whether your parents gave it to you, whether it fell out the sky, I think um, the, the main thing that people have to remember is that you really have to invest not only just money-wise, but time-wise into resources to make sure that you can have the wedding of your dreams. No one cares if your wedding costs $5, if it looks like it costs $5 million, right? If you decided to take the time to invest into your resources and to look into your community, like, you know, if, like Torrin was saying, a lot of the couples that we work with, they know each other, right? Like, just maybe not personally, but specifically, don't be scared to be like, hey, I saw that you had an eight-tiered wedding cake falling from the sky and it was served by Beyonce. Can you explain to me how that was? Because you never know. You, that person might say, you know what? I actually know Beyonce. And, you know, she bakes cakes. No one knows this. But if you ask her, she'll bake you a cake for free. You just never know who, like, has the resources. And, like, I, I think I caution brides, like, you know, Carrie Ann was saying, don't look at Pinterest and, like, Listen, Pinterest is a rabbit hole. And so you you look at Pinterest and you get these ideas and you're like, you know what? I got to get married in a desert with pompous grass. Like, that's what I got to do. And not realizing like, that's actually just this girl's backyard. So it's like, you know, tap into your resources and whatever money that you have to live your life. If somebody's giving you money to start your life and that includes your wedding, just know if you want it all, you're going to have to make the time to have it all. Because you can find a house a great house and have a great wedding with whatever money someone has given you. But what you're going to have to put in is sweat equity, which that no matter how much money someone gives you, that is something that you're going to have to do. Because I mean, me and my husband, we bought a house and we got married and I had the wedding of my dreams, what I feel like, but the wedding of my dreams may be like somebody's like, Oh girl on a little beach. Like, what are you doing? But for me, it was like, okay, we have this set amount of money, right? And we want to buy a home, another home, and we want to have this wedding. So let's look at what resources and what we need to do to make sure it's happening. So we bought a fixer up or we fixed it up to our like, you know, so it's just like you can have it all. But you also have to remember in order to have it all, you got to you got to do a little bit more than just like take the money and pay for everything because you run out of money really fast. So um, when you're thinking about like imposter syndrome and like looking at something and getting intimidated or feeling the pressure of like, yo, I got to have my wedding just like that. It's like, let me actually like dissect the resources to see like really how this person may have paid for the wedding or didn't pay for their wedding or what whatever the case. Because it, it is possible for people to have free weddings. It's possible for people to have these lavish, ridiculous weddings for way less than you think they pay for them. I've seen it. I know it to be true. <laughs> and the internet will fool you like these all these people have rich mommies and daddies that is not the case so i think if you're going to decide to do it all you just again have to make sure you have the time to invest to research it and make sure that you can do it all well ebony i need to come talk to you <laughs> you have we a whole have, like, wedding a podcast side. 
yeah, you have a whole wedding podcast. I mean, podcast. I understand you that. I mean, I mean, I do understand that. Yeah. However, it's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult. Candace, I think it is. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think it is different when you're in the the driver's seat, like when it's when it's your time. You know, I mean, you know, and and I remember, you know, and again, this is. I mean, I've been married for a little while now, but like I was very early in the wedding industry at the time I got married, you know, and everybody thought like, oh, this should be super easy for you because you have all these connections. Um, you know, and I knew some stuff, but I didn't know, I didn't know the wealth of that I know now, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I mean, I do, uh, to your point, Ebony, man, I do, I mean, I talked to some of these, uh, more so the brides, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of the guys that we get and have this conversation with, they're just kind of out grinding, making it happen or whatever, but like, a lot of these folks are really resourceful. Like, I mean, I talked to, you know, I talked to somebody the other day who told me how she was driving um, Uber Eats. Said she was driving Uber Eats for like three hours a day just to make extra money for the wedding, right? And, I, I mean, I was just like, wow, really? You, you know, like, you know, I never would have thought that, like, you know, she would have. And I don't think it was because she had to, like, you know, because they didn't, like, have the money. I think it was more so that they didn't feel like stressed about, you know, having the money, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, they were kind of like, I'm gonna pick up an extra gig to pay for this, but I got it already. You know what I mean? Um, but, but some of these folks are resourceful. I mean, I remember I talked to a guy who he wanted some red bottoms, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and he bought some off of uh, some app, you know what I'm saying? They were used, you know what I'm saying? But you never would have known, you know, come wedding day. And I was like, yo, you look sharp, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's people are being resourceful, super resourceful. And that's my point. Like, people are, like, even if you're in the wedding industry, I wasn't in the wedding industry when I got married, like, at all. Like, not even thinking that I was going to be in the wedding industry. It's actually, the, it's not easy, or it's harder. I think when you are in the industry, people do think, like, oh, this is, it's, it's harder because, you know, the connections that we make as vendor partners, it's tricky to be like, you know what, Torn? Can you DJ my letter for free? Like, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> because as your vendor partner, it's seriously, as your vendor partner and like um friend or as we like to say, I want you to make money. Like that's the point of this. I want you to make money. So it is trickier for me to, as another vendor partner who wants to make money, to be like, I done sent you all these brides. Now it's my time. You better. Sticky ficky and you're like no like that so it's, it's actually for me I think I'm kind of glad that I got married outside of the industry because I think it would have been harder because my perception would have been a little bit more I would have been scared to ask people like when I don't know you or you know you don't have any connection with me I'm like okay like what's the best deal here because I'm paying money but when you're my you're my vendor partner or a friend of the stores or a friend of mine personally or just a networking person that I met and just vibe with um, it's tricky for me to outline a wedding, you know, and, and start asking people for favors because nobody's bills get paid on favors. So, you know, I think it's actually harder when you're in the industry versus when you're just a bride and you just you know that you're going to invest the resources, whether it's an extra job or just simply seeing what resources are out there to get the same feel for a smaller price or you never know who will, you know, give you certain things, but it's harder when you're in the industry because you really don't want to ask people for favors like that. Especially like when you know how hard it is sometimes like Carrie, I was like, last year we didn't make no money, you know? So it's hard to be like, you know, Carrie, I know last year was a flop, but 
would you mind coaching me? I mean, like, no, <laughs> like, no girl, I'm poor right now. No. So I can't. Yo, y'all should have saw Torin's face when she said, <laughs> "Yo, Torin, <laughs> you want to DJ my wedding for free, Torin?" <laughs> I felt that way though, like yeah. because you know we lost, like we had to, we lost our venues, so we lost some of the vendors we had when we changed our date, and so I went to Torin, and I didn't want to be like, "Hey, you was just on the show, you know, you want to hook us up," <laughs> but. <laughs> But I'm also like, okay, I know, like, that you are basically the number one in this space in the Southeast, or at least Atlanta. So I felt like I should have really just gone to you from jump, to be honest. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I felt what Ebony was talking about, where it's like, oh, now you've made connections with people and, and I think also on the flip side so when Tania got engaged I don't think not everybody went to her but some people came to me kind of like oh so how's it going with her because I guess maybe they're thinking oh if she's looking for a planner she's looking for this she's looking for that I've talked to her before she seems nice she's just gonna go to me and I'm thinking in my head mm, y'all don't know me <laughs> y'all don't know Tania in real life <laughs> right right like just don't let the don't let the smiles and all that from you know a, a, a 60 or 90 minute conversation fool you but anyway <laughs> That definitely happened. All right. So let's see. Let's move on to the next question. All right. So how do we combat the comments about our wedding budget when lavishness is commonly talked down upon? I love this question because you know one of my favorite things to talk about is boundaries. So uh, you see Ashley's face. She's like, I knew you were going to bring this up. Well, the thing is, after you have your wedding, you're married, right? And I, I always say, like, if not now, when? When are you going to start putting your foot down about who you are as a couple, what matters most to you, defending your partner in front of your family? So you you need to learn to take a stand for things. And, um, you know, I say, like, after, after the wedding, you're married and maybe you're going to have kids. So I'm really experiencing that now with a newborn baby where I'm getting advice from all kinds of people. People are telling me, like, how long I should let my baby cry and why, whether I should let her sleep on me and my partner, or if she should sleep in the bassinet and all of this ish that I did not ask them for. And it's really hard for, for me to say, um, you know, even though we've been married for 10 years for me to say, Hey, we've got this actually. <laughs> I was just complaining to my mom yesterday. Like, don't our family know that I'm a very intelligent person who's read all the books and I know what I'm doing and that they don't need to give me this trash advice. That's like very dated. Um, and that there's, you know, like you had kids, I'm 38, like you had kids 38 years ago. There's new information out there. You know, they used to put babies to sleep on their bellies. Now they say back is best. So things have changed. And so getting back to weddings though, <laughs> <laughs> though, but things have changed in the wedding industry as well. And so you're going to be getting a lot of dated advice from aunties and whoever, parents, people who all think that they have like an, you know, a say in your wedding. And you just really need to learn to say, thank you. Like people give you advice, you say, thank you. And you walk away. That's like my favorite boundary setting phrase. Um, so yeah, cause that just politely ends the conversation, you know, that was a word, Carrie Ann. 
I'm yeah, mad that about was, it. That was. <laughs> I mean, I, we see, we see. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely, I'm glad you got that out because as a new mom, get that out. <laughs> you know, when I had my first kid, it was the same of like this, this, this. My second kid, it was a very much thank you period. So I think it, it comes with growth. And I'm like, you don't get, you know, kids, you can have multiples generally you don't have multiple weddings so you don't get to learn from the mistakes of the first time um so i think you definitely have to listen to it all and filter it appropriately like that's just it and you know i think a lot of people feel the pressure from you know again the financier of of whatever whether it's the whole wedding or it's the dress like specifically speaking for my industry when the the wallet walks in the door i can absolutely tell um, especially when the wallet has a mouth and a wallet has an opinion and the wallet is like, this is what I feel like you look good in and stuff like that. Um, but I think, you know, for brides and grooms, you definitely have to remember that, you know, for the most, you only get one chance at this. So it, it would be, it would very much benefit you to ensure that even if you get opinions, um, you always make sure you reroute it back to where you feel comfortable and that people remember why we're doing this. Like, we're not doing this so your mama can dress up. We're not doing this so your auntie can see. We're not, we're doing this because two people literally fell in love and are decided to celebrate their love in front of others, whether that is a hundred others or 10 others or whatever. But I always tell people to bring it back, like bring it back to center. Like when, you know, you see those shows and all that stuff for, for bridal stores and you see like the really uh, boisterous mother or the aunt who says stuff and I always laugh when girls are like is this like say yes to the dress and I'm like no it's absolutely nothing like that I am a bridal stylist and my primary and sole job is to make sure that the bride walks out completely happy now however you guys decide to support her that is fine, but I am going to support her. I'm always going to bring it back to center. This is the focus. This is the point of what we're doing this for. So yeah, I think opinions are hard though, you know, and it's easier for us to say that because, you know, I'm of a certain age as well. I'm in my later thirties now. And so, you know, just personally, I, I don't take a lot of opinions anymore unless I ask for them. But, you know, I think these younger brides and grooms, they do feel the pressure to hear the opinions and kind of appease a little piece of, you know, whoever is given the opinion because they don't want to hurt feelings. And, you know, well now, you know, my mom doesn't even want to come to the wedding because I didn't jump the broom or I don't want to jump the broom or my mom doesn't want to come to the wedding because I'm not wearing her dress. Not realizing like, girl, I can't even fit your dress. So it's like, you know, I think these, it's easier for us to say like, you know, don't take anybody's opinions, but I think, you know, for, for younger people or people who just have a different connection with people that like people pleasers, it's really tricky for a lot of them to say no or to say thank you, period. Um, and I think it does, that's when their wedding planning becomes cloudy. And I think that's why people don't take it to the fact that people like a Carrie Ann, who's a wedding coach and people who are like uh, a Coco Bride and people who are like a Irene Tyndale, like, those people are necessary. They're the, they're the people that you can say, listen, I don't want to wear this ugly ass green dress that my mom and Irene could be like, no, or Carrie could be like, so we're not doing that, you know? And uh, for lack of better terms, you're paying them to be the bad guy 
But I think, you know, if you don't have the voice and you feel like you don't want that voice, then you need to set aside some of your money, the, your hundred thousand um, dollars for, you know, people who can encourage you, empower you or do for you the things um, that you don't want to say or, you know, create those boundaries for you or filter those opinions for you, because it's going to be very important or you will not have the wedding that you decide on. You will be having someone else's wedding. And you'll be pissed off every time you look at the picture on your wall and it's not your wedding. Like every single day. You will. Major I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. That's a hundred percent agree with you. And and uh that's the the end of that sentence is thank you. I have a wedding planner. You can say it in like a nicer, not a comma. tone. You know, <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much for your concern. I actually have got it under control. I have a wedding planner and they're helping me take care of these things. And that really does shut people up because it's coming from a a place of kindness. Like most of the time, I mean, comments about your budget probably aren't coming from a place of kindness, but a lot of the comments are really coming from a desire to help you because planning a wedding is a really challenging thing. And, you know, that's why this podcast exists, right? It's because planning a wedding is so challenging, and you're here to help people. So everyone's just trying to help you. But sometimes you need to cut out the noise. And that's why you need to be able to set boundaries. And that's when you got to go. Thanks. And I would love to hear what thanks, comments bye. people are saying about budgets. Like that question to me, I think is not computing. Because I, I can't imagine you telling me something about my money. Because even if it's given to me by someone else, it becomes my money, right? If you give me a dollar, it's my mm-hmm. dollar. So I... What? So there's two sides of this. <laughs> like, the, what's, the, what's the opinion? <laughs> so there are the two sides of this. You have the one side that is like, we've given you mm-hmm. this money or we're giving, we're paying for part or all of the wedding. So what we believe you should do is based on this amount, mm-hmm. whether that amount covers everything you want um, covers because I think sometimes, and honestly, some of this kind of thinking back to the wedding I would have had mm-hmm. <laughs> pre COVID, um, where my like, well, both sides of the family contributed, you know, they start paying for certain vendors and things like that. Um, but half of the family's point of reference to the last wedding they can really think of was my aunt's wedding that occurred 30 years before. So there was a certain price point with that. And apparently, I guess her wedding was a lavish wedding for 1990 um, <laughs> or 89 or whatever year it was. Like I was a, I was a baby. <laughs> um, but basically it was like, this was how much we spent on her wedding. This is how much your grandfather spent on that wedding. And we had this many people there and we did this and we did that. And it's like, yeah, but we're not in Macon. We're in Atlanta. Um, The times have changed. Um, I don't want a wedding in a church, you know? So there are certain things that like, you have to kind of shift it on that side of things. But then you also have this other kind of side where you have maybe the coworkers or the people that you kind of interact with on kind of this occasional basis where they had a wedding straight out of college where, you know, or they were 20 years old and they had 
$5 and they had a wedding off that $5 and they, you know, like, and so it's a like a point of pride of like, we, you know, we've been together 10, 20 years and we only had a, you know, we spent a thousand dollars on our wedding. We did this, we did that. And I'm like, I could tell, <laughs> you know, like it looks like it, but you know, for them, it's like you, the equal of like, you spend a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean your marriage is going to survive. And it's like me spending a lot of money has nothing to do with that. It's what I want or, you know, me in a lot of money also is relative. Right. So someone's $10,000 wedding is a lot to someone who only spent $2,000 on their wedding or, you know, spending 40000 you know, or even, you know, saying, oh, we're going to invite so many people translates to a certain price point in people's mind because guests cost money. Um, And people are always thinking about the food angle when they think of guests. They don't think about the other stuff that guests are um, tied to, um, you know, budget wise. And so it becomes a why are you doing all of this when you don't have to to have a wedding? And it's like, that's true, but it's what I want. So that's kind of where that where that came from. I think money is a tricky subject, and this is going to probably be a very unpopular opinion. But um, I feel like <clears throat> to the first point of like somebody giving you something, it's kind of mm-hmm. like when you go get a loan for a car or house, and it's like you read the terms, the conditions of that loan, even if it's not a loan, right? Even if it's like mm-hmm. money given, it, there's always conditions to this thing that I'm giving you. And so, you know, hopefully someone will hear this podcast and understand like, okay, so when I say like the sweat equity and researching, if someone is giving you like a amount of money for whether it's the whole wedding or your dress or whatever, make sure that you're okay with the conditions. Because if you're not, then you probably need to find alternatives to get that funding that makes you comfortable. I don't care if it's from my mama. If my mama say, I got to wear this type of dress for her to pay for it, I'm cool. You know, like thank you. I have a wedding planner. No, but it's like, I don't, (laughs) you know, I think, you know, people who are um, a little bit um, hesitant to, you know, they come into the shop and they're like, well, my mom's paying for it. So, you know, or my, my dad's paying for it. So, so it's like, if you're not comfortable with those conditions, if saying it out loud makes you cringe, then you know that you probably will have to research alternatives. And there's, I mean, there are nice ways to, tell your parents, you know, maybe you give me the money in a different way. Maybe, you know, I don't care about your opinion about a house. So instead of paying for my wedding dress or my wedding, what I would love is if it's okay, if we can take the same $50,000 and we can go house shopping together and you can give me all the opinions that you want, because that actually is not something that I have an expertise on or have like a big grand vision on. So honestly, whatever house you feel like is best for me, you know, or some, whatever it is, you know, you can take the money or whatever they're alternatively giving you because, you know, with I don't have girls and I don't want them. But, you know, with my sons, you know, it's probably going to be the same thing. Like if I give you a lot of, amount of money, you know, there's always going to be conditions to it. So if you don't want those conditions, I, I totally understand. And, you know, you may have to find alternative ways to do the things you want to do. The other end of it, the I would have, that's what I call people who are always like, well, I wouldn't do that. I would have, I would have, um, you know, again, this is easier said than done, but if you're telling me 
that you've spent this amount of money for your wedding and it created longevity for you, that has literally nothing to do with my love story. And so I take it, I hear it, but I literally don't care. <laughs> I'm like, if you're not literally saying, well, here's the same $5 I spent on my wedding to put on your wedding in <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. If someone is giving you an opinion that doesn't come with a check, then, you know, you have the choice not to take it. Like I, coworkers and stuff, you know, we get into the space of talking about our weddings with people that we're closest to, but, you know, you have to preface and caution people like, you know, I get what you're saying and that's so great for you, but, you know, I'm telling you this to tell you this, or you decide at that point, maybe this is not a person that I can share my planning with because this person is not receiving it the way that, you know, I needed to be received as excited and, oh my God, that sounds great. And I wish I had that type of wedding or, you know, maybe if we do a vow renewal, it'll be like that. So you have to be cautious who you pour into about your wedding too, because a lot of people will shoot you down because they don't have the means currently or didn't have the means. And even though they've been together 20 years, they may resent it that they didn't have the wedding that they wanted. So, you know, right. I, I caution people all the time, like be careful who you're venting to, because sometimes you know, they're not necessarily praying with you about it. They're praying with an E <laughs> and uh, that is going yeah. to kind of wreck what you're kind of doing. So. Ebony. That was a lot. That was a lot. I'm also a therapist. No, when you're, <laughs> when, when you're in a, when you're a master bridal stylist, to be honest, you really have to absorb a lot of jewels. I, I, when I like go to like events for vendors only I really just sit there and I listen a lot because I just want to hear the stories and experience so I can use that for my brides like see it's not just you like other brides are experiencing mm -hmm. this too other things are like you're not the only person whose mom is being a nightmare right now like understand that you're not the only person whose fiance literally doesn't care about anything like they're like well just tell me when to show up you're not the only person who vendors are dropping out you're not the only person who can't find a venue right now um, so I just really absorb a lot of stuff. Um, people are like, you know, a lot. I'm like, I hear a lot. So I just regurgitate that for our brides because our, our brides don't know until they know. So um, that's why I love listening to y'all podcast because I'd be like, see, let me write this down because see, the other day she didn't even <laughs> believe me when I told her. So it's, it's, it's important to um, really not just use the stories that we hear or we've experienced, but use the stories from other vendors to tell our brides because they sometimes don't believe that they're not the only person going through the, the unwanted opinions or people saying something about their budget or people feeling pressure about imposter syndrome and all this stuff. Like, no girl, you're not the only one who's on Instagram at three o'clock in the morning crying because you can't have pompous grass. Like there's other brides <laughs> doing this. I promise you, it's not just you. This, this is what I miss so much about, you know, events being shut down. It, I'm in Montreal and they've been shut down for, for a year, a year and a half, whatever. Uh, we just can't have weddings right now. There's still no dancing. We live in the town from Footloose. So, um, so, but the thing I miss the most is seeing my frienders on site and just sharing these stories and like yeah. that feeling of complicity, but also like, oh yeah, my client, same thing. And it's so frustrating to have to explain, you know, the same thing to people over and over. And we see it so clearly from our side. And I was just talking to a photographer about this, about how she was, you know, photographing some, some plus size clients and they weren't happy with how their pictures turned out. And they were really like sending her shots of what they wanted was, was something that she just couldn't do with them. Um, and she's like, you know, I can, I can do editing and 
stuff, but I'm not like going to Photoshop you. Like it's still going to be you in the picture. So the problem is, and I'm sure this is something that you see a lot, you know, and I see it a lot with my clients is that there's uh, this body image issue um, where people are just feeling like, well, I don't look like that's another part of imposter syndrome. Like I don't look like what I think a bride is supposed to look like. And I don't look like the brides that I see on TV or in the movies or in the magazines. So I'm not worthy of this dress or this experience, you know? And that's, that's a really like another sad side of the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, literally there's been a lot of brides, me cuddling them in my bosom uh, because I'm like, you're worthy. I promise. Yeah. I think what I always tell brides is like, yeah, you may not see yourself on the front of the cover of the magazine, but go ahead and start like digging into the pages. Right. Because a lot of times what happens is we look at the cover of a magazine and we're like, that's not me and no one gets it, but we're not realizing like, and again, we still have a long way to go in this industry as far as inclusiveness and diversity, but there, there are, you can just do your Googles and say like tall black brides with braids, you know, and, and you may not find a billion pictures, but you'll find a couple. Um, I think you really have to stop looking for reasons to like be negative about the experience and really just research or ask people who you're working with, like, Hey, have you ever worked with someone who is um, curvy like me? Or have you ever worked with someone who wants to wear braids at their wedding? Or have you ever worked with someone who um, wants to have a silent party at their wedding? Like, I don't want people to hear the music. I don't want everybody to have headphones. Or have you ever had somebody who wants to do trap karaoke or whatever it is like, yeah, just like you would ask any vendor, like, hey, have you ever worked with uh, someone of this cultural background so that mm-hmm. you know the food, or the music, the the ceremony, the photos, like what photos to take, right? Like, because there's going to be certain right. shots that you need to get from certain angles for different religions, cultures, whatever. There's different things that are going to come up. And if you've never done, you know, an Indian wedding before, then you might miss the whole thing with the horse. Right. It's really, it's really important. Right. So I think you just have to like, instead of being so negative, like I don't see myself on Pinterest, (laughs) like, you know, if you have started hiring or going to different vendors, then just ask them like, Hey, you know, I'm starting to feel like, you know, I'm not going to see myself or I'm not going to see my culture or I'm not going to see whatever it is, you know, outwardly. Have you worked with this type of person? I promise you on my phone right now, I probably have every single type of wedding (laughs) like that. People can be like, what I have, dealt with multicultural weddings where somebody was Indian and somebody was Thai and some, you know, Jewish, I mean, everybody, you know, so there's always an opportunity to see yourself. I think you just have to be open and not so, um, not so down on yourself if you don't see it like on the the internet, because the internet is an algorithm. So it's, it's programmed to see the things that, you know, most people look for. Most people look for the cute things, the beautiful things, the, normal every single day things I think and I, I, that's probably bad to say not that anybody's abnormally is not beautiful but like the everyday what we feel like is normal things right but there are things like the quirky bride the the Jewish the whatever it is that is out there you just have to really again put that sweat equity and look for it um and not feel the pressure also don't feel the pressure to be anything like if you have a background, like a cultural background, and, you know, if you want to honor that, that's great. But, you know, and listen, I, I'm speaking, I'm not telling people who are in the certain cultures not to do what the culture is supposed to be doing. But if you feel a certain way about how you want to portray yourself and you haven't seen it out there, then you be the trendsetter. 
like you set the trend. Like now this is now this person, a person who may have not seen themselves. Now they see themselves in you because you decided to have an all black wedding where you're wearing a black wedding dress in a graveyard with smoke. Like you be the person that, you know, people create the trends. I want to plan that wedding. Um, (laughs) That's exactly where I was going to go as well. Like you're you and your partner are getting married. You're not having someone else's wedding. You're having your wedding and it should be reflective of you and your values and your style. And it's, you know, you might not find it out there and that's kind of awesome. Real quick. Do you think there is an underlining like patriarchal kind of undertone or something to any of this imposter syndrome in the wedding industry? I mean, I mean, a hundred percent, the patriarchy underlies everything. It's the the systems that tell us that there's a right way for things to be done. Right. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Like, yeah, we are influenced by what was influenced by what was influenced by what was created. So whether we agree with it or feel like we have a space for it, you know, everything is programmed for us to see what we're supposed to see. Um, So, yeah, I think absolutely there's something that, you know, we deal with, you know, your wedding is just a reflection of one day, but like the feelings that you have from this wedding, the opinions that you can't receive or you do receive the Mm -hmm. um, reason why you feel like, you don't deserve this type of wedding is always an underlying issue probably for something that you're dealing with in your real life. <laughs> like you probably don't feel like you even deserve your partner. You probably don't feel like you deserve to even, you know, like whatever. So I think the wedding just showcased and highlights cause it's an event. So it's just like puts a spotlight on whatever it is. But I tell brides all the time, whatever's insecurities you have, go ahead and write them out because you, when you talk about a spotlight is about to be on those insecurities, <laughs> like, it is like on the movie screen and you are in the drive in. So it's, it's really going to amplify, you know, whatever is underlining in your, in your personal life. So it would, honestly, I always suggest to brides if they can, instead of doing like just premarital um, counseling, I also think that you should separately do counseling, like, you know, and just make sure that you're in the mental space. If you're going to, especially if you're planning a, a bigger wedding that you're, even if you have a planner, you're in the mental space, to receive all this energy that you're about to receive because it's a lot, even if you don't do like a full, like three month session, even if you just go talk to somebody for like a couple of days, it would be beneficial just to make sure that you're in the mental capacity to make sure there ain't no underlying stuff going to come and somebody going to suggest something to you. And you're just in tears, not even wondering, like, I just asked, did you want purple flowers? Like what, what's happening? You know? So it, it definitely, <laughs> um, it definitely would benefit people to make sure that they take a step back and just really evaluate what they're about to get into. Cause it, it could be a lot. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would piggyback. I think everything that she said is pretty great. I think the other thing here too, is obviously I think, you know, I think depending on the couple, right. Uh, we have to also take into account with some of this that, you know, when it comes to like our friends and our families that we, we haven't, we haven't seen a lot of weddings, right. Like, you know, like historically in our family, right. In some of our family. Uh, and I think that plays a big role into a lot of this, because if your family's only used to like a wedding every like 10 years, then everybody's going to have something to say. Like everybody's going to have something to say. Everybody's going to have to tell you, you know, what they think you should be spending, what they think you should be doing, you know, and, you know, we, we in some, in some, in some families, we just haven't seen this every year, every two years, 
to really kind of know what's really still happening here or how, you know, relevant our thoughts are to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, you know, it all depends on some of those backgrounds and some of those dynamics. So for sure. All right, Nia, you want to do the last one? Yes. Last question. (laughs) (laughs) So what advice would you give a bride or couple you're working with on how to deal with imposter syndrome? Okay. Well, I I think, uh, I think it's really important to talk about your values before you get married. Ebony touched on this with the couples therapy, which I'm, I'm all for. I mean, I do coaching all the way through. um, And so we do end up talking about these feelings that come up for my clients uh, and working them out and asking, you know, where does that feeling come from? Is it true? You know, and why do you feel that way? And sort of digging into it. So that's the the kind of benefit of having somebody uh, there with you along the way. And if you are experiencing high anxiety, then absolutely you need you need somebody to talk to who's outside of the situation, who doesn't have a vested interest, be that financial or otherwise. But really, I would say just sit down with your partner and ask yourselves what matters most to you about your wedding day um, and what is going to make it really special for the two of you and what matters to you in general in life so that you can plan an event that's really reflective of you because that's what's going to help you from feeling like or keep you from feeling like a phony on the day, right? And then the other thing I would say is to hire experts because we are there to guide you and we're going to normalize this really radical experience that you've never been through before and feel so bananas to spending all of this money. Um, it can be so overwhelming and that's where a lot of this comes from, but that's just because it's, it's new to you and it just really helps to have that guiding hand, be it, you know, someone like Ebony, who's going to help you with her vast knowledge of all fields of the wedding industry, but especially finding your, your look or Torin, who's going to tell you that this is what you want is normal or what you want is awesome because it's, because it's different. Or someone like me, who's going to tell you that, yes, that's a normal place price to play for flowers. Like I know it seems insane, but you love flowers. It's worth it. And that's what flowers cost. You know, we're there to guide you. I think a lot of brides and grooms get intimidated when you say experts or you have to pay for someone's expertise. I think they get intimidated. Like they're just trying to rip me off. I can research this on my own. It's just flowers. It's just this. It's just music. I have an Apple title playlist. Like I think what people don't realize is that what Carrie Ann like touches on touched on. And I love this is that like, we have dedicated our lives (laughs) to this specific craft. Like this is not what I do on the side. This is not what I do when I'm doing something else. This is what I do full time. And this is what I actually love to do full time. Like the wedding industry is very sink or swim. It's very like you are either in it and you love it or you tried it and you like, no, 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 this is not for me. I've hired so many people over the years and they're like, Ebony, thanks for the opportunity, but absolutely no, thank you. Like, this is not my jam. So the people that you find in the industry um, that you gravitate towards and you feel like this is my person that's going to help me, like, hire that person, pay them what they're asking because you will only benefit from it. You will only benefit from the, not just the expertise, but the passion that they're going to have for your wedding because that's their passion. 
So, um, you know, a lot of this, a lot of these things that brides and grooms are dealing with um, could be alleviated by just, again, reviewing your values, seeing what's important, but also really doing the research to find people that they connect with and hiring those people to facilitate all this craziness and this greatness that is your wedding because DIY sounds great until it's like your wedding night and you're gluing together centerpieces. Like who wants to do that? No one. DIY is great until the Apple music playlist that you uploaded deleted. And now you got to remember what came before Luther and what came after Britney Spears. Like it's stressful. It, it, it's stressful. There's people in this industry who do this on, like for me, it's so matter of fact, when girls come in for their dress and they're like, uh, it's so matter of fact. And I try not to even laugh because it's like, I know that you're stressed out, baby. Like I get it. But for me, this is like literally like riding a bike, like fixing my kids dinner. Like it's such a routine for me to find you. Just like, you're a genius. I'm not a genius. I'm just have done this and I'm an expert and I've dedicated my life to the craft. So trust me, like if I'm telling you that, you know, this is what it is, then, then trust me, especially if I built that report for you. If Carrie Ann is telling you like, listen, this is how it's supposed to be. We need to sit down and write your values. We need to write out your wedding. To Trust her. Torn is telling you this, you need 30 lights in that dark space. He means it like trust them. So I think a lot of this stuff can be alleviated by kind of taking off the facade that everybody's trying to rip you off and taking off the facade that, you know, everybody's just wants your dollar and everybody just wants, you know, not to tell you how to do things. Like I had one bride and then I'll let Torin go. Cause I know he has something very great to say. Um, I had one bride who was like, you know, I, she did a DIY wedding, which there's nothing wrong with DIY weddings. Like, honestly, and she was like, you know, at the end of it, she was like, my wedding was great. She was like, of course it was stressful. It could have, could have been less stressful if I would have hired somebody. And she was like, you know what? I have a whole bunch of like wedding shit that I just don't need. Like I bought all this stuff for my wedding and you know, you just buy an access because as a wedding planner, as anybody knows, we just have random stuff in respect to our craft. Right. And she's like, now I have all this stuff I don't need. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> like you just, you know, you just have to really remember and realize like, this is one day for me, which for all these other people that I'm hiring, this is their every day. So it's okay to, you know, budget a little bit for the person who does this every day for your one day where you can have the best time of your life and then start moving forward with your life. Because at the end of the day, like there's no, there are people in the industry who aren't the best, but you know, at the end of the day, if you find someone that you really connect with, like whatever money that you invest into them, I promise you, they're usually going to pour it back into your wedding a gazillion times over beyond your wildest dreams. Like for me specifically, like I will listen, my brides know I go to the ends of the earth. They're like, girl, why are you here buttoning up her dress? Listen, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, don't worry about it. It's fine. So it's just like, you know, a lot of this imposter syndrome or guilt or whatever it is can be alleviated by just taking a step back and really reviewing your values and more importantly, finding people that are really here for your union and your ceremony, because that's going to be the most important to start it off. Now, Carrie Ann and Ebony, I think you guys, you know, hit it, you know, right, right on the head, honestly. And I mean, I think the thing about this is honestly, is that you're always going to have, like I said, you know, earlier, you're always going to have somebody with something to say, you know, I mean, you're, you're always going to have that. I mean, that's just, that's just life, you know, 
But I think a lot of this anxiety, uh, imposter syndrome, you know, feeling that I don't deserve this could really be alleviated by putting together a really good team of people around you to help you bring your vision to life. You know, to me, I would definitely tell you within the past two years for certain, you know, my thing is like, hey, you should get a planner like off the top. You know, I, I know that you can do it yourself. I know that you can do all these amazing things. But you have a life to live. You know, you've gotten you've gotten engaged, you're getting married, and it wasn't by happenstance. You know what I'm saying? Like it did it doesn't it didn't just happen by you just walking by some guy or girl or whatever and all of a sudden, oh, you look good, I look good, let's get together. I mean, you put work into that relationship and it's no different with this event that you're trying to plan. So you still need to focus on that, family, job, you know, whatever. Get you somebody that you can offload all that anxiety, all that, you know, I don't know what to do about this. How do I handle that? You know, give me some suggestions. Hand it off to your planner. Hand it off to a team of professionals. You know, kind of like Ebony said, if I tell you or we tell you that, hey, it takes 30 lights at the Carlos Center, like, yo, that's really what it takes. Like, I'm the last person to try to upsell you on some lights that you don't need. You know, I'm not going to tell you you need 25 lights at Ventana's when really you could get away with 16. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not how we do business, you know. But if you find the right team of people that you can work with to help you execute your vision, a lot of the anxiety and those things that you're dealing with, honestly, I think will go away. I and love... I'm Torn Lifer, and that's it. <laughs> I love what you said, Torn, because <laughs> I, I just love that you pointed out that this is there's there's something else happening. You're not just planning a wedding, right? You're also engaged. You're also on yeah. this. You're also doing this. You're also supposed to yeah. be enjoying this time with this person you love that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And if you get all caught up in all of these things that you're supposed to be doing and how much they cost and are people trying to screw me over, you're really going to miss it. You're going to miss your engagement. And if you're doing everything yourself and you're trying to learn how to become a wedding planner in the process of planning your wedding, you're also going to miss the day because you're going to be busy running it, not attending your event that you spent all of this money and all of this sweat equity, you know, planning. Exactly. I think people don't realize that um, they, I think people don't realize that their real life does not stop. <laughs> no, no, They're at like, all. Like, oh, wait, at all. I still got to go to work. Get busy. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, your real life yeah. will not stop. And actually yeah. your real life will feel more like pressure field because you're having a grand event in the middle of it. So, yeah. And everyone's asking, what about the wedding? Tell me about the wedding. Tell me what's Tell going me on the- with yes. it. <laughs> Not knowing like, girl, <laughs> listen, my dog just pooped on the floor. Like, it's just like, it's, it's a never ending process of life when you're trying to plan something that brings together your life. So if you don't hire, I, I don't know, when brides tell me that they're doing it themselves, and it's, it, now if it's a smaller intimate wedding, maybe, right? Um, but even, even smaller intimate weddings need at least a wedding coordinator, like something. I'm not about to light the candles and then stand by the candles. Like, (laughs) I'm lighting the candles to like, like, no, it seems, it it seems very crazy to me. Let me leave. Let me, let me play this song and then I'm going to walk down the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on real quick. I'm just going to cue myself. I'm going to introduce myself for my own speech and then I'll speak. Listen, I think when you start saying it to people like that, they're like, okay, that, that makes sense. I, I need people. People need people. Like right. that's why we're put, people need people. It's okay for you to need people 
for a certain amount of time. And then, you know what? We, we will blow off into the dust like we were never there. <laughs> and you will have that picture on your wall, but you are not going to, you, you are going to feel like an imposter when everybody thinks that someone planned this lavish wedding and for whatever reason you decided to plan it yourself because you want the wedding that you want and you don't want to spend the money on a planner because that's going to take away that you got a crystal chandelier or ice sculpture or whatever. It's going to look real silly when you're the one like literally cracking the glass, I mean, cracking the ice for your ice sculpture right before the wedding. Everybody's walking in like, why are you still sweating? <laughs> oh, girl, well, I had to make the ice sculpture. So, like, you're going to look Put on silly. your dress. Right. <laughs> I had to make the flower arrangement, so BRB. Yeah, you're going to sweat all over that beautiful dress. <laughs> I, I, could, I couldn't have. I had a very small wedding, and um, we had a destination wedding. I just wanted to be married on the beach. That was my only desire. I don't care what beach, just a beach. I picked Key West because that was the furthest my grandparents could travel to. And I didn't have a wedding planner from the start to finish, but I hired a company to coordinate everything. I literally picked everything out over internet. And when I showed up to the wedding, I literally like, I was like, show me the things that I picked. Like, I don't, I don't want to coordinate anymore. Like, I don't want to, I want to be the bride. Like I came on the plane in my bridal mm -hmm. shirt. <laughs> like, I am, I am the bride, bride me. Like, I, I don't care about the small details. I literally don't care that you lost my centerpieces. Like, go find other ones. Like, I didn't want to hear anything negative about my wedding on my wedding day. Like, I, I literally don't care. So I think, like, when brides hear that, they're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't care that, you know, I have 20 candles instead of 50. Like, who cares? Bride me. Groom me. I, I, I don't really care about the small details of it. Yeah. And when, yeah, like I don't, I literally don't want to care. I want to be drunk right now. Like I don't want to think None about- None of my clients have ever was... cared about any of those things. No. Something always goes wrong on their wedding day. And you know what ends up happening is the day after they're like, Carrie Ann, tell me what fires you put out on my wedding day. I want to know. They didn't know about it when it was happening. They didn't care about it when it was happening. But afterwards, they're like, they, they want the tea, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, girl, you don't worry about it. Tell me when you come back from your honeymoon. <laughs> I'll tell you how many fires I put out and I'll add it to my invoice. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing in life is free. I'm like, you didn't notice you had a beautiful time. Don't worry about it. Oh my God. Y'all yeah. <laughs> are a mess. Y'all, <laughs> this was a good episode. This was better than I thought it was going to be. I'll be completely <laughs> honest. All right. So we're going to move into <laughs> wedding vendor love. Um, Carrie Ann, who would you like to shout out today? I am going to shout out um, the best DJ in Montreal, Tutti Flores. I had the pleasure of working with him last week. I missed him so much. Um, if you're getting married in Montreal or really anywhere, you could fly Tutti out to wherever you are, except Atlanta, because Torin owns Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know where you live. I don't know where you guys are. <laughs> you're right. You're exactly right. We're in LA. You got it. We're in Atlanta. <laughs> We're in Atlanta. <laughs> America. Well, what? <laughs> What's his name though? TD TD Flores. Tutti Flores. I'll send you his. Uh, I'll send it to you on Instagram. Well, hey, I've got three that I like to shout out really quick, and Go for so it. I'm just gonna start off the top, right? So my first one is Minister Melinda, right? So if you're looking for an officiant in the Atlanta area, I cannot uh, recommend anyone better than Minister Melinda. She's always uh, very kind. Um, obviously, I didn't do my uh, premarital counseling with her because I've been married for a while. However, I heard she's really personable. 
Um, and, and again, I've just worked with her several, several times. I've seen how she interacts with her, her couples, and I think she's absolutely amazing. Our next vendor I'd like to shout out, honestly, is Ventana's, uh, Ventana's ATL. I'm a little biased. Honestly, Ventana's is my favorite venue in Atlanta, uh, strictly because of the skyline views that you have that you can look out like pretty much over the city, right over Centennial Park. And I think it's an amazing space to have a uh, corporate social or even like a wedding. And then finally, I would like to shout out Shutterbooth ATL because I think that they run a, one of the best, um, like, I mean, even though we do offer photo booths at, at my company, I just feel that for a company that strictly does photo booth entertainment or just photo booth services, that they are hands down one of the best in Atlanta. And I am very fond of Berlin just as a person, as the owner. Um, and I don't think you get any, I don't think you get anyone any better, uh, as far as a person, uh, to kind of look up to or work with than, than Berlin. So, uh, those are my three that I like to shout out and long live exquisite sounds. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> Always got a self plug. That's good. I feel like my vendors have probably been shouted out on probably every podcast. Well, most of you guys' podcasts, but I don't care because they deserve it. So my first vendor shout out would be Ashley Nicole Photos Photography. Literally, I've known Ashley since we were in high school. So we went to high school together. And so I know that's so random, but to see her decide to dedicate herself to photography the way that she has and the way that she's been received and the way that she's perfected her craft like it's like seeing like a little baby grow like it's just it's just so inspiring and she actually I feel like she makes me want to do better in the bridal industry because she just like came in like a wrecking ball and just really decided to be like I'm gonna be that girl and she really is like her her photography is immaculate um she all I always like beg her like can you please do some more branding photos for me I've lost weight please so Ashley Nicole photography here in Atlanta Georgia um is who I would highly recommend for photography. Um, this, our second vendor is going to be uh, the Coco Bride. Whoever's hearing this most, mostly know Candace as my work husband. Um, she is my right hand when it comes to anything in the bridal industry. And I'm so happy that she's decided to venture out um, and do something that was very unique in the industry. Like there's a lot of wedding coaches and planners and things like, well, wedding coach is kind of unique too, Carrie. And I like that, but wedding planners and things. Um, however, a lot of times people don't realize that wedding planners don't do what brides specifically need as far as like day of things or, um, coordinating different vendors for them specifically, not for the wedding, for the bride specifically like hair and nails and makeup and all that stuff. And Candace does it all. Um, and she's just a horribly, like, ridiculously organized person. Like, almost to the point I'm like, girl, please, I get it. Anytime I ask her, she has, like, a list. So um, she is absolutely should be at the top of every bride's list. If you need someone to be there just for you, um, definitely go to the Coco Bride. And the last one would be um, Irene Tyndale. Irene Tyndale, Irene Tyndale, Irene Tyndale. <laughs> Here in Atlanta, Georgia, like... She is the GOAT. Um, I've had so many brides from her come to me and I've sent so many to her. And Irene and her team, not only are they amazing, they're so humble and down to earth. Like just speaking to them, it's, it never feels like, I feel like they don't, she doesn't almost realize how like amazing she is. I'm like, Irene, you're Irene. So, you know, I, I love how humble she is and how helpful she is. And anytime you tell her that you want to do something, she's like, let me help you. 
Um, but in the respect of her planning, like it's her weddings are immaculate. She works with any and all budgets I know. And she's just like, she's just such a humbling spirit. And she feels like, like your aunt or your mom, like somebody who's just like going to be there for you. So definitely Irene, Irene Tyndale um, events would be my third vendor shout out. Very nice. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? Who would I like to shout out this week? I am shouting out. I discovered this amazing photographer based in Palm Beach, Florida. Oh my gosh. I freaking love her style. I was sending pictures um, in to, to Nia. Like, I don't need a photographer. I am so good. But if, you know, I put her in my, in my future bucket. But anyway, her photography company is called Ray Eliza Photo. Um, you could go to her uh, website rayelizaphoto.co. Of course, we will tag um, her on social, but you can find her actual Instagram page at, under Rachel Fossbenner. Beautiful photos. Like it gives a vintage feel. It feels glam, but like, oh my gosh, I just happened to have a photographer in this intimate party that I was having where like amazing things were happening and uh, just love it so much. So who are you shouting out this week, Tania? Um, I am shouting out Felicia Ellis. You can find her on Felicia Ellis on IG or you can find her on on um, her website, FeliciaEllis.com. She is based in the Bahamas. Um, but she makes custom wedding and reception gowns. And when I tell you these dresses, they are beautiful, beautiful. I tell you, if you want your wedding party to look like y'all straight, like y'all coming for everyone, y'all coming for all the edges. If you want to show off your bridal party's curves or if you yourself want to show off your own curves, she is the person to go to. So if you want a custom made dress, she, she got the game on lock. This is beautiful. So where can people find y'all plug everything, every place they can find you? So my brides can follow me at Ebony's Bridal Experience. I had to create a whole IG page for my brides because my babies love me and they was like in my, my personal DMs. I'm like, hey, girl. So um, Ebony's Bridal Experience is my bridal styling um, Instagram. You can also find me at Carrie's Bridal Collection, which I don't style as much anymore. I'm the operation manager, so unfortunately I have to sit at a desk a lot, but it's okay. I'm always there mostly in our location in Chambly and Macon, Georgia. So you can find me I'm on Instagram way more than I should be at Kithkin Weddings, K-I-T-H-K-I-N Weddings. Um, And I actually have a free wedding budget workshop that you can download from the link in my bio. So um, yeah, you can just find me on there, slide into my DMs. I know I come off like really spicy, but I'm super nice and low key. They need the spice though, Carrie Ann. They need the spice. You got to be the boundary person. So you got to tell the mamas no. I'm opinionated, but I'm, but I'm friendly. I'm on your side. That's the thing is I'm opinionated, but I'm like that big sister, but I have your back. So you can find me everywhere or find us everywhere at Exquisite Sounds ENT. Um, that's obviously, you know, pretty much where you can find us, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Of course, you can find me personally at DJ Torn L on Instagram and Facebook. And um, yeah, love to connect with you all. 
Um, <laughs> you can find us on HeWhyDo.com. You can also find us on HeWhyDoWed on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, and you can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Belsori on Instagram and Twitter. And again, if you made it this far, please head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. No matter where you're listening to our podcast, we just really, really enjoy uh, the reviews that you've been leaving us. It helps other brides and vendors find uh, the podcast, which, you know, we're all just trying to like continue to show love and share um, all the good knowledge and information that we have. Um, one of our most recent uh her views came from DV112. She said, there's something for everyone. I recommend everyone a wedding planning to listen to this podcast, no matter what stage of the planning you're in, there's something for everyone. So DV, we appreciate you, girl, um, for that wonderful five-star review. And, you know, if you leave us a review, maybe we'll read yours on the next episode. So Awesome. Well, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a good conversation. I'm hoping our listeners enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad I finally got to come on here. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad we had you on. It was so overdue. Yeah. So, so overdue. It's okay, girl. You guys can have me back anytime. Yeah, I feel Ebony yeah. needs her own episode. Uh, that was this is really fun though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y'all have a good one. Yes, yeah. have a good, good night. night everybody. Appreciate y'all. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye.